0: Canine Cast number 40. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara.
0: And hello, everyone. This is Walter with your Canine Cast recap. In case you missed the last show, Canine Cast number 39, we had help for dogs that won't play and help for dogs that are compulsive chewers. Plus, we had a listener story about their great Dane, Madeline.
1: On today's Canine Cast, we're going to discuss a few dog food topics, talk about how to amuse a puppy, but first we have some really exciting news tonight. Canine Cast has a sponsor, and that's something that we're really, really happy about because that will allow us to continue um, doing the show and growing the show and bringing Canine Cast to more people who also love dogs as much as we do and want to you know talk about them, learn about them, so on and so forth.
0: And we're going to play a message from them later on in the show, but first we wanted to tell you a little bit about them.
1: Our new sponsor is HomeAgain ID Microchip. And we're so, so very excited about this because it was very important to us that the product or service that was sponsoring us is something that we really, really believe in. And actually, microchipping is something that we believe in so strongly that we've brought this up on the show a few times before. Um, As a matter of fact, back in the very beginning, we had brought that up when we were talking about strays. So this is such an exciting thing that Home Again is going to be involved with us, that we are going to be able to help spread the word about this great product, and that they, in turn, um, are going to help canine cast grow. Now for anybody who is not familiar with um, a microchip, what it is, it's, it's basically a little, little tiny chip that can actually be injected under your dog's skin and it contains, it's, basic, it's basically ID that is permanent. Your dog can't lose it. It'll always stay there and it contains a number that they can match up to a national database so that if your dog should ever be lost, they can essentially find you through this microchip let you know where your dog is and you can be reunited with your dog now um walter and i have actually picked up a number of strays and our experience with the strays that have been microchipped has always been great you just take the you just take the animal to the nearest shelter or a veterinarian that has a scanner they scan the animal for the ID, and that of, that costs nothing. It just takes a few seconds. The longest wait that you have to do that is probably taking the dog to the actual place. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as they find the ID, they can figure out who the owner is, and they get in touch with them so that the animal can go home. So it's it's a great, great service. And now these days, a lot of animals wear IDs on their, um, ta- you know, tags or even sewn into their collars, which is great and is also very, very helpful. Um, however, we actually picked up a stray one time that was stray because he got out of his collar. And he, so he had no ID on him. We took him to see if he had a microchip, and unfortunately he did not. Um, the The happy part of the story is that we were able to reunite him with his owner. However, um, the statistics are that only 10% of dogs that are out without ID, are reunited with their owners. So think about that. You have a, if your dog's out there without ID, it only has a one in 10 chance of getting back to you.
0: And we would have reunited the dog with its owner a lot sooner if we had had the microchip to read. It took several days.
1: Exactly, exactly. Whereas if the microchip had been there, it would have been a matter of probably less than an hour from the time that we found the dog. So it's, it's a terrific, terrific product. And, um, you know, as much as we try, you know, we know dogs get lost. Our Kyler's a wonderful escape artist, so she's gotten away a time or two. And the statistics on that are um, one in three pets gets lost at some point. So, um, you yeah, know, that's something that you really, really want to be prepared for. It's completely safe. It doesn't it doesn't hurt your pet in any way. When they get it inserted, it feels just like a routine shot. Um, however, unlike their routine shots. This you only have to do once and it lasts for the rest of their life. This information is so so important because if your pet should get out Even if it's wearing the collar at the time, um, there's a number of ways that the collar could actually come off. This way, your pet will always have ID on it, which is so vitally important. There are stories of animals that didn't show up in a shelter until weeks after they had gotten away. And when they did finally show up, they were counties away from where they started. So this ID is the thing that will be able to reconnect you with your pet as soon as your pet is found, whether it's found across the street or across the state. I can't recommend enough, if your pet is not yet microchipped, to talk to your vet. And for more information, you can also check out the Home Again website. We'll have that for you in the show notes. It's at homeagainpets.com.
0: And it will also be linked in the Enhanced podcast.
1: So that's our very, very exciting news. We're so happy to share this with you all tonight. So now let's take a listener email. We have an email from Bapo in Utah, and he writes in, I have two sweet healers, Sierra and Rupi. These dogs have changed my life, but that is a story for another time. So here's my question. I would like to hear more about dog food. What is the best dog food for active dogs? Are table scraps okay? What about making homemade dog food? I would love to hear all about canine nutrition. Well, Boppo, um we could... Wow, we could do many shows on canine nutrition, um, and we actually talked a little bit about how to find the best dog food on Canine Cast number 30, but we'll go ahead and um, and review that a little bit as well as delve into some of the other topics that you brought up a little bit more. Um, now, first, I would like to preface this by saying, you know, I'm not a veterinarian, and Um, different foods work for different dogs in different ways. So please, before you change anything with your dog's food, talk to your vet, um, see what they recommend as well, and work with them um, to help get your dogs into the best condition that they can be in. Now, so far as the best food for active dogs, um, first, I've always heard that for Commercial dog food. If you feed primarily dry dog food, that's better to help prevent teeth problems. But specifically for active dogs, that will depend on your dog and also on what you are trying to accomplish. Um, depend, regardless of if you are giving them commercial dog food or homemade dog food, on a very very general basis, the, um, the more protein they eat, the more it, it will bring up their energy level. So if your dogs are very physically active and you want to and you want to support, That energy level, say, you know, if they do things where they're running around a lot or they're um, exercising a lot during the day, then generally foods higher in protein will do that. On the other hand, if your dogs are, say, overactive and hyper for the amount of physical activity that they get during the day and you're wanting to find a way to calm them down, then sometimes food lower in protein is recommended. Now, of course, there are um, maximum and minimum levels that a dog should be in between when it comes to their protein. So again, um, check with your vet, make sure that your dogs are within those levels. And then from there, it will be you know working with them, seeing how they do with different types of food, different amounts of protein and other nutrients to find the level that suits them the best. Now, um, so far as the best food itself, um, gen- generally speaking, if you're looking at dog food in the stores, you can find, um, many, many different types of dog food out there. Um, I personally like to, um, look for dog foods that are in, um, either dogs, spe- dog supply specialty stores or pet supply specialty stores, um, tend to be where I have the most luck finding, um, really good dog food. And you'll want to check the nutrition labels, the, f- the first food listed, the the one that it's mostly made up of, should normally be some type of uh, protein or um, a meat-based protein, according to a lot of the recommendations. And then in there, it'll actually give you the general percentages of how much protein is in each serving and how much of the other nutrients. So that will help you to figure out whether the food is higher or lower in protein than other foods that you're comparing it to. So... That's just a little bit on uh, finding the best food. In Canine Cast Number 30, we delved into that a little deeper, and it gives you some resources for finding some um, different specific recommendations. Now, you would also asked about table scraps and whether they're okay. Um, in moderation, most are okay. Um, now, when I say moderation, that's actually can really, really small amounts for dogs. Um, if you have a dog about 50 pounds or so, Probably food in the size of, you know, a few pieces of kibble is all that you will want to give them at one time. And I wouldn't give them that more than a couple of days a week. Now, that also depends, of course, on what you're giving them. Some, some t- table scrap type foods um, like, you know, cottage cheese, certain vegetables, lean meats are OK in larger amounts and are pretty good for your dog. If you're giving them that in larger amounts, however, you will want to decrease whatever their normal food is so that they're not getting too many calories. So keep that in mind as well. Some other foods um, are are actually poisonous to dogs, even though they're fine for humans and should never be given in any amount. The ASPCA has a great, great list of these foods. Actually, it's a list of... um, of all pet poisons, but on there, they specifically list foods. And so I'll go ahead and rattle some of the, some of them off to you. Of course, everyone's, you know, heard of chocolate. Normally when they talk about chocolate, normally if your dog happens to get into a little bit of it, just watch them and they'll probably be okay, but you don't ever want to feed that to them. And if they, if they do get into say a large amount of um, dark chocolate or Baker's chocolate, then you'll want to, you know, have the vet check them out right away. But um, some other some other ones that may be a little bit less well known are um, avocado, coffee, fatty foods um, are d- very difficult for them. Macadamia nuts, onions, raisins and grapes, salt, yeast dough. So you know any any type of uh, bread dough before it actually becomes bread, um, garlic, and there's a certain sweetener called xylitol, which is not good for them either. Um, Alcoholic beverages and uh, coffee are on the list as well, but as those aren't necessarily the healthiest things for humans, so it goes with dogs as well. Um, so try to avoid feeding your, your pet any of those foods. If you do happen to notice that they've gotten into those you know somehow, um, try to figure out how much they've had, first of all. Um, you can take them to their vet, or um, you can actually call the Animal Poison Control Center as well.
0: We're going to, of course, link to that ASPCA list on the CanineCast.com website and in the enhanced podcast as well. So look for that.
1: Yes, you'll have the you'll have the full list at your disposal, so that you can kind of avoid those as well. Now, um, to to go back here um, to your last to your last question here, making homemade food. This is th- wow. Well, this this topic could easily be um, a, a couple of shows. In and of itself, because um, there are many people who do make their dogs homemade food, and there's a number of different um, diets that they follow. Some people actually, you know, cook food for the dogs. There are um, some raw diets which are which are good for dogs. So there's a number of different things you can do. Um, for my for myself, we we feed our dogs uh, commercial dog food. Um, you know, we have a, a certain a certain premium brand that they do very, very well on. Um, I I kind of don't trust myself to keep my own nutrition done correctly. So you know, with the dogs, it gets it's uh, even tougher for me. So anyway, so, that, so that's what we do and how we do it. But um, but yeah, homemade food can be absolutely great for them. If there are any listeners out there who either feed your dogs homemade food now or you have in the past, if you'd like to write in and share your experiences, then we would love to um, share those with listeners on the show because I think we're going to look a little bit more into um, the homemade dog food here Um coming up when we can give it a little bit more time. But um, also, on that note, one thing that's becoming more and more popular these days are homemade dog treats, because they're a lot of fun to make for your dogs and a lot of fun to watch them gobble up as well. So if you have a favorite dog treat recipe that you would like to share, please send it in, and we're going to go ahead and post those on the website so that... Um, Different listeners can try, try those out on their pooches, and um, you can share your favorites as well. So thanks. We look forward to getting those from you. And thank you also, Bapo, for writing in. This is such a, a great topic, and yeah, canine nutrition is just, there, there's so much there that we can discuss. So we'll be coming back to that um, time and time again from different angles. So thanks for writing in. Now for you, I have a story sent in by a listener on how to amuse a puppy. This
0: message is from Ken. Ken writes, K9ers. as a new listener to your podcast, I don't know if you've covered the issue of dealing with very, very active pups regarding tiring them out, but I have a suggestion. As a professor who uses PowerPoint presentations as a teaching tool, I have found those light laser pointers very useful to point at important points on the screen and also to point at students who are talking at the same time I am. And it seems it is also useful for amusing and tiring out the latest addition to our family, a lab cross pup with more energy than any sentient creature should have. She will chase that little red dot of light until we fear for her heart giving out or her tongue getting too big to ever be retracted. And even when I turn it off, she remains busy trying to figure out where the heck it went. Of course it leaves no scent, so it seems incredibly mysterious, even supernatural to her canine brain. My other dog, a three-year-old lab with a genius IQ, just looks knowingly at me and rolls her eyes at her insane chasing after the red dot. So this may not be useful for exercising mature in the no dogs, but I suspect most pups will be as enchanted chasing the red dot of light as our Maggie is. It sure is a lazy man's way to exercise a pup. Sit on the sofa and send her careening around the room, chasing and snapping at the red dot of light you point at the floor. Or if you're feeling devilish, at your wife. Peace and complexity, Ken.
1: Thanks, Ken, for sharing that rather amusing story with us. So you managed to amuse not only the puppy, but I think us and the listeners as well. Um, it's funny that you talk about the the red laser light pointer because this is a game that growing up, we always, always played with our puppies with flashlights. But um, m- much like you pointed out, it seems like they reach a certain age and seem to figure out that, um, you know, it's not as much fun to play with anymore. But yeah, that is a that is a great idea. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it the lazy man's way to exercise. I would just call it, you know, the... The way to exercise a puppy after you've been very, very tired out by all of their extra energy. So uh, thanks again for sending that in. And we love getting emails from all of our listeners. So please continue to send in your emails with pictures and stories and questions um, and also comments for the show. You can also send us a voicemail at our voicemail number or leave us a message from Skype. So speaking of pictures that have been sent in... What pictures do we have that we're putting on the website today, Walter?
0: Well, we have new pictures of Ginny and Tucker sent in by Melissa. And there's pictures of them playing and playing tug of war with a little green ball. That's kind of fun. And we also have a picture from Caroline of her dogs, Q, Trinity, Roxy, and Indy. And these dogs actually share the property with two more dogs, three cats, nine alpacas, And two children. That's quite a herd.
1: That it is. Thanks to both Caroline and Melissa for sending in pictures. We always love seeing pictures of all of our listeners' dogs. So now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. A dog's got to do
0: what a dog's got to do. Hey, I should know. I'm a dog. Woof. And what I got to do is chase squirrels, especially the one digging holes in my yard. Someday soon, I'll get free and chase that lawn wrecker right out of town. You don't think your dog will run away? Your dog might think differently. One in three pets will get lost. Without ID, 90% won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again microchip, a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit homeagainpets.com.
1: We really, really liked that message there. That was pretty funny. Yeah, well, it it reminds us of Kyler because we know that in her mind, this is what she's thinking every day. So, of course, we've had her and Toby both microchipped. So, please check out our sponsor. And with that, I think that wraps up our show for tonight. So, if you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend.
0: If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast. Please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS, that's 206-338-3647, or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com, that's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.